It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want your most burning finance and investing questions answered? Here's a podcast you should be listening to, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. GM, I'm Dan Roberts. And I'm Jeff Roberts. And this is GM GM from from Decrypt. This podcast is a conversation, one each episode with the biggest names in crypto. And you're definitely going to want to hear what they have to say. But Jeff, what are we going to ask them about? Well, Dan, I thought we could start with NFTs. Oh, yeah, NFTs. I heard NFTs are DOA, or maybe they're just MIA. Oh, yeah, and what about the battle between BTC and ETH? <laughs> well, was that too many acronyms for one trailer? Don't worry. We'll talk through all this and more on our new show, GM from Decrypt. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now so you don't miss a single one. GM. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Tottenham, Tottenham, don't be a Tottenham. You want goals? Tottenham's got the Tottenham, 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 Tottenham. I'm saying Tottenham very, very often. Hot shot, give them all you got. Let me make it plain. Tottenham are the kings, the kings of White Hart Lane. Top ten, Tottenham. Hello, welcome to another episode of Top Ten Tottenham. Thank you so much for joining us around the world delighted to have this this gentleman with us been on the spurs show for many many years and i remember since we recorded in my dingy old basement office on the marlebone lane uh author journalist and columnist on the times david aronovich how are you david i'm really good actually yeah sun shining yeah it's fine nice holiday nice little break uh, yeah, I mean, another snafu at the airport with a cancelled EasyJet and so on. A lot of listeners will be very familiar with that. But what had gone before was really brilliant. So it, I didn't, it wasn't entirely destroyed in that day in a sweaty, overcrowded Sicilian airport. And when, when you go on holiday, do you really switch off? Does the phone go off? Does everything? Or are you one of these no, people that sort of goes, I'll just check the news and just, can you switch I off? D- in, only if I could go away for a month, can I switch right. off? 
I mean, uh, uh, please don't think me unpatriotic, but I wasn't at all displeased to be away for the Jubilee uh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, But the the whole business about would the Conservatives or would they not sack Boris Johnson was sort of rather seductive for a bit. No, I didn't. I I, I didn't. I I was looking at the news, etc. Not all the time. And I did Mm. relax. But there's a kind of terrible habit for people in my kind of job, really, which is, in a way, it's a bit like staying awake on an overnight flight. You kind of feel that if you go to sleep, the plane's going to drop out of the sky. Uh, and it's a, it's a little bit like that. You kind of feel if you don't know what's going on, then nothing will go on. Mm. No, you're, <laughs> but, but, but the thing is, you know, years ago, you know, again, going back to football, whenever I was on holiday, you know, always like August, missed the first game of the season, they'd be this thing. You'd have to get the next day paper. You'd yeah. run down to this place. There'd be like one copy of The Sun or something. Totally. And that, that, that would be it. You wouldn't think about, oh, I'm going to listen to the book. You're on a holiday. You literally wouldn't know for 24 hours. Oh, well, that's it. been the other thing, of course, which is, uh, uh, you know, we've we've actually signed three players while I'm I know. on holiday. <laughs> so, I know. Um, and the Bissouma thing happened really quickly um uh, yes. uh really quickly and those of us who were at the brighton game where they beat us one nil and have watched Bissouma essentially probably was the man of the match during that yeah. game really really talented and and but also terribly disciplined midfield performance and so on you just thought yeah that's good incredible deal i mean for what they're talking about that the money talked about for a four or five year contract it's incredible yeah. really isn't it it is. And if he, uh, obviously, you're always talking about potential, but here's a player who has made it very well in, albeit playing with a good manager in in Potter, uh, who is a really, really good manager and so on. But nevertheless, um, has been a standout midfielder in a mid-table side. In other words, knows how to play the Premiership and presumably will get even better playing with better players around him. So, yeah, I was, I was very happy about that. And Perisic... Well, he could be a kind of, you know, quasi-Klinsman character playing in the twilight of his career, but really fit and uh, got a good couple of seasons in him. Absolutely. And uh, do you think, I mean, you still think a bit of business will be done? The centre-back is still the one, isn't it? We think. Um, yeah. So, so the centre-backs, um, obviously, we're all kind of following whether or not there's going to be... I mean, for me... Uh, Obviously, you're 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 keen to go with the with the manager's instincts and so on. Um, but Ben Davis was such a good player last season that I find it hard to believe that so it'll be a disaster if we don't pick up a fifty million pound Italian uh, defender if that doesn't become possible. But if you know, I'd go by the rule. If if you've got a good manager and a good manager wants a particular player, I'm happy if they get them. Yeah, I think it's the next level, though, isn't it? We've got to think about Champions League as well and uh, the amount of games next season and big games. And you kind of think, you know, with injuries, with suspensions, do you want to be turning around and going, oh, Taganka's now got, you know, eight games in a row or, or yeah. this one, that one. I think it makes sense to go and get get someone else, doesn't it? If, if, that's, well, if, if that's what the manager wants, he shall have. If that's what Antonio wants, then that's what Antonio should get. Yeah. Exactly. Well, look, until he the... until he uh, until he buggers off and leaves you with a whole lot of players that you don't want on four year contracts and vast yeah. amounts of salary. Yeah, exactly. Well, look, let's look at your wonderful top ten Tottenham list. Just remind listeners of your early Spurs journey. How did you become a Tottenham fan? Was it a family thing? How no. did it all begin? 
No, so uh, uh, there's a reason for that being the first match. But so on, you have to cast your mind back to 1964, where most of you weren't born, but I was. I was a 10-year-old in the playground, Gospel Gospel Oak Primary School. And a boy called Clive Matthews um, said... Uh, I must have been kind of gathered I love the around. Fact you still remember, still remember his name. Oh yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> the way you do for primary school, but you don't, but you don't for your kids. Yeah, and um, uh, so Clive Matthews says, I still remember the shorts he wore. He kind of got a little kind of blonde uh, uh, character, got very kind of chippy, um, and he. He had a newspaper in front of him with the league table. And there was a group of boys, and I think four or five, he said, he said, you've all got to choose a team to support. And you know the way you do it, this is, you don't sort of say, oh, I don't have to choose a team to support. You just say, oh, I've got to choose a team, so I better choose a team. Well, I just got a transistor radio, and I was listening to it under the bedclothes, and I've been listening to Henry IV Part One by William Shakespeare, because that was what was on. Okay, don't judge me, anyone was. <laughs> One of the main characters in that is a is a very brave knight, albeit on the wrong side, called Harry Hotspur, Earl of Northumberland. So I looked down the list of teams, and there were two names that really stood out for me. I had no idea where they were. I was, my school was in Kent, near Kentish Town and so on, but, but I had no idea. And one was Wolverhampton Wanderers. I thought, what a lovely name. You know, it's an alliterative. It just sounds great. And the other was Tottenham Hotspur. So I said, OK, I'm going to support Tottenham Hotspur. Wow, so I said, reason. OK, I'm going to support That's Tottenham amazing. Hotspur. Well, Clive Matthews was an <laughs> entrepreneur. So the next week, he pitches up with an old football book of Tottenham Hotspur, etc., which he then sells me for that week's pocket money, etc., which obviously kind of no longer wants, and one a couple of books that he gave me with players like Jimmy Armfield in them and uh, uh, and so on. And, um, and from that moment, I was a Spurs supporter. Um, so I began to look out as a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, for their games. Uh, um, it was kind of, kind of desultory. Um, 60... Uh, I went into the World Cup, uh, and of course, no Spurs player appeared in that uh, in that final. But I was sort of hoping that maybe Jimmy Greaves would make it. The big, but we they're going to that kind of period between sixty two and sixty seven where not much is happening for Spurs really, and then finally we go on the uh, FA Cup run. So the two matches that I remember best are firstly a replay against Birmingham, which Spurs win six nil. Mm-hmm. And I think a player called Trevor Hockey played for uh, played for Birmingham. The way that kind of stands out, you know, something yeah. called hockey playing football. Mm. Um, you wondered if there was a Trevor football playing hockey somewhere <laughs> uh, for England. Anyway, so Trevor Hockey was playing for, for and we won 6-0. Mm. And I think that might have been the quarterfinal. So you went on the semifinal. Mm-hmm. Now, I... My dad didn't wasn't interested in football. No one in my family had been interested in football. So it was just me. Um, And Spurs get to the final. And so I listened to the final on the radio. So you've got to understand, I've never seen a football match at this point. There is almost there are almost no live matches. I've seen a bit of the World Cup um, during '66. That was pretty much it. So now I'm listening on the radio to the cup final when Spurs beat Chelsea 2-1 with those uh, goals from Saul and Robertson and uh, a a response from Tambling uh, for uh, Chelsea. Well, let's 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 well you mentioned the the, let's listen. uh, Although this isn't the uh, what would have been a Radio Two commentary. This is I think this is I'm not too sure what which channel this is. Uh, I think it's probably the BBC. Let's listen now to those two goals. Now Mullery, notice how quickly Tottenham take their free kicks. Robertson, a goal! Right on half-time! 
Robertson has scored, and there's an there is an appeal by Tottenham that the linesman flagged. But Robertson, the scorer. Well, that was undoubtedly made by Alan Munro's run, but give praise to the rest of the Tottenham team. They ran away to make him space, to give him space. He took a shot on the rebound, Robertson, who was twice before hooked first. Kyle with a long one, no doubt. Robertson, Saul. Oh, well, wonderful foul by Saul. Just watch this wonderful shot again by Saul. And there is Saul, the scorer, 2-0. What were your memories of that, the listening to it on a, on a transistor radio? Honestly, um, uh, trying to imagine what it was actually looking like. I mean, listening to, to, listening to uh, football on the radio is a weird experience because you can't anticipate anything. Uh, everything goes by the kind of uh, commentator's voice. And so it's kind of, and uh, Knowles passes back out to his long ball. Up to yes. It's happened. And you listen back to 60s commentary pre, you know, this is pre Motson, pre Davis, yeah. nothing wrong with them. It was very sort of Queen's English. It was very kind of Oxbridge yeah, types. Yeah. Kind yeah. of, you never imagine playing football themselves or <laughs> being in, even interested in it. But yeah, these were the BBC voices that would present uh, football. Yeah, no, yeah. And Jimmy Greaves inside to Alan yeah. Gilzean. <laughs> and Alan Gilzean nods it into the empty net and Tottenham go 1-0 up. Exactly. And the crowd are mildly excited. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it took a while then. I mean, so, so 67. So as you're getting older now, secondary school, are you now beginning, you know, obviously the well, big match, I think, started in 68. Did you then start seeing stuff on television? At least? Yeah, I did. I mean, uh, I went to the first uh, secondary school I went to was a uh, all boys uh, comprehensive, quite a rough one in Holloway. Right. Um, and it's more we had as well, isn't it? Very much so. And mm. quite uh, and in that school, quite kind of smack you in the teeth if you're the other thing uh, right. uh, country as well. So it was sort of slightly problem. There were some kind of Spurs fans. And also Mike England um, helped coach the um, – because uh, they used to do this because players weren't paid anything like so much in those days. They'd supplement their income sometimes by coming into schools and doing a bit of coaching. Um, and um, three London players did that. One was a guy called Trevor Hartley uh, for West Ham. Um, and the other two were Bob Wilson, the Arsenal goalkeeper, and Mike England, the Spurs wow, centre-back. Um Yeah. And um, so these were, and one of our, one of one of the school's best players actually did was very close to the Spurs first team. A guy called Mike Dillon, I think his name was, way yes, way Dylan, way back. That's so, right. He played for Tottenham. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so there was a Tottenham element there mm. um, uh, at the school, but you had to be very careful who you were talking about uh, football too. But at this stage, I'm listening to it on the radio. I'm picking it up in the newspapers when it you know, when it comes on. Now, of course. We're not talking about a great time for Spurs this the late 60s um, and we'll come on later to it, far worse times uh, and so on. Um, but I was you know, one of those kids who, you know, I, I knew every model of 
uh, fighter aircraft and bomber aircraft in the whole world and how fast they went. Because that's the kind of thing you do. You know how you kind of collect things. You know, I made every air yourself, fix- David. I mean, oh, all right, okay, well, I was. <laughs> I, I mean, this was the day before kind of computers, et cetera, of course, long before. You know, you made wow. all those, I made all these air fix models. So I knew all these kinds right. of uh, yeah. So I would do all the things with, with, with Spurs' statistics, you know, how right. many appearances each player wow. had made. So, you know, when Steve Perryman, for, I mean, I remember uh, very well when um, Bill Nicholson pl- had his last match after the 4-0 home defeat against Middlesbrough, for whom I think a Graham Souness was playing, because, but he hadn't played for Spurs. He'd been a Spurs, you know, he'd come down, signed for Spurs, got homesick, went back up to, and obviously became mega big for Liverpool. It was all these kind of things that boys kind of, or girls... But did you have a mate at school that you did it with? Was there, it's mainly no. Arsenal... There was, there was, there was no, really no, no, just, this was, wow. No, uh, none, none, of the friends I had, none of the friends I had were ever interested in Spurs. It wow. wasn't until even I was through university that I actually had friends who were also supporters. One of the reasons why, and we'll come on to this later, why I bought a season ticket for my daughters so that one of them would be a friend to take that. And then, of course, you know, for various reasons, it becomes something of a, a kind of community. No, it was a pretty solitary interest, actually. Um, and arbitrary. It could have been, you know, it could have been anything, but there's something about, and also there's something about that which I kind of quite like, which is I'm not one for football banter. You know, banter. Mm. Whoa, yeah. awesome. Whoa. I, I'm not interested mm. in that. I'm, I, I'm kind of interested in, you know, the, the stats of it and the performance of it. And, you know, and though I'm hugely partisan about, about Tottenham and want them to succeed more than I want England, for instance, to succeed by quite a country mile, um, you know, and I, I'm also sufficiently Tottenham, you know, when other team, British teams, are play, English teams are playing in Europe, I generally want them to lose. Mm, yeah, you know, this I, is I, I, this like, is the like truth. I know. I mean, you're not fan. supposed to say this, are you? But yeah, well, it's, it's actually true. true. A proper football fan will say that. People will go, "Oh, I quite like Liverpool. Yeah. They're the British club." No, you don't. It's a ridiculous thing. To no, no, about. of course you don't. I mean, we were all sitting there hoping that Real Madrid would win the last, uh, <laughs> the, win the last Champions League, and it's a lie for anybody. There are very kind of pious people, kind of you know, sort of mm. you know, vickering for, um, uh, football supporters who will say, "No, no, I'm, I'm above all that. I want the English team to win." Well, exactly. why? Why no, would no. you? You know, we, you know, if Real Madrid win, we don't have to live with their supporters for the next year, kind of bigging it up over everybody. If Liverpool win everything, oh God, their supporters drive you nuts. Anyway, exactly. That was so a describe. Diversion. So, I mean, you, you've given me a, a, I mean, your your second pick. Unfortunately, out of all of them, this is the one I, I couldn't find anywhere. The penultimate <laughs> match of the 75, 76 season, which I remember, I do remember this season because we finished ninth. We did quite well. 19th of April, 1976, Spurs versus Coventry. We won 4 1. Pratt, Osgood, Duncan, and Neighbour. Presumably, this is your first time at the lane? Well, exactly. This wow. is, I've been to a couple of live, my first ever live football match was somebody else took me to, because I had no one to take me. I didn't know kind of how you went, really, or what the business of it was, <laughs> um, uh, and so on. So it was all kind of a bit of a mystery. So uh, somebody I knew lived quite close to Queen's Park Rangers. They lived out in Shepherd's right. Bush and so on. And I went to watch Queen's Park Rangers, a really good team. No, good uh, team New then. Year's Day, I think, 73, beat okay. Manchester United 3-1. Wow. Don Givens, I think Stan mm-hmm. Bowles was playing for, for for Rangers and so on. And that was quite good. The next match I went to was a two-all home draw between Arsenal and Chelsea because the person who took me there was, uh, and that was earlier in that, that was early in 75. 
Um, so you're, and... about, so you're about 20 now. What are you doing now, work-wise? 75. Well, I was at the National Union of Students. I was actually still a student, actually. Oh, okay. But I was I was down for doing things with the National Union of Students while I was still a student. So I was still a student for all right. of this time, actually, that we're right. now that we're now talking about. And then finally, so this would have so this April um, seventy six. I think I was taking a year out um, between the third and uh, between second and third year at Manchester University because right. you don't want to get into my student life. By the way, it's too complicated and it's complicated. <laughs> How do you show? Yeah. yeah. So I thought, okay, well, I've been to two matches. I know how you do it. You go. Right. To the ground, so, you so buy up. a ticket and you walk in, and that's how you did it in those days, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> For those listeners who don't know, right. you went to the ground. You, yeah. in fact, you did they even give us tickets? I don't think they did. You just paid not your money and you were not the time standing. Turned. Yeah, that's right. And you were standing, yeah. and of course, everybody, almost everybody, was standing. And yeah. and I just went along to this match, and that was my first. There isn't any recording of it because it was a nowhere match. We were going to finish mid table. Coventry, mm. I think, would doubt were, were a couple of places below us. Mm. There was no reason for anybody to. Go had to you been past the ground? Had you seen the ground? No. I'd never, never seen the ground before. To there. Never no. been to go up to Tottenham. Right. No. And, okay. and and so I, I went up there. I remember going up there. I think on the tra- I must have gone to the train to White Hart Lane Station. Oh, uh, um, uh, and I remember because everybody does that first moment when you walk out and there's the pitch and you're in. The, uh, and I was hooked. I was hooked. You know. I mean, it's not that John Duncan who scored two goals or that Johnny Pratt about whom they sang. He's here. He's there. He's every effing where Johnny <laughs> Pratt. Um, uh, and Jimmy neighbor towards the end. They, uh, so, I mean, firstly, it's good to score. It's good to mm. have your, your, the team you sports, uh, 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 go for It's, it's a nothing match with players who are pretty average, actually by historical standards yeah, on, uh, on the whole. But the whole thing, I mean, you've been through it. People who are listening have been through it. You get out there, the shouting, the atmosphere, the green grass is a kind of like an oasis in the middle of this sort of dusty part uh, dusty part of London. You're there for a kind of common purpose. Everybody gets very excited at certain moments, the rhythms of games. Um, and, of course, these, we're talking about days when you have one substitute um, so if you've got two people crocked, neither of whom, none of they would never be a goalkeeper. So if your goalkeeper got crocked, you quite often get the spectacle of one of the outfield players going in goal. Saw that several times, always an interesting kind of a moment, um, uh, uh, really. Um, and uh, it was, so here, here I met this no- match that means nothing uh, between teams that aren't actually particularly good and I'm completely sold on the business. Uh, so the next season comes the season that I go to the games a lot. And what happens that next season? Well, we went down. But you said at Manchester Uni. So you're coming down, you're back in London now. No, so season. I was back in London, but I was back right. in London for quite a lot. Um, right. So I managed to see some of the matches in the mm. relegation season, etc. The season I really, really watched lots of matches. So I was back in London for, and I'd also met people who went to games by then. Um, so I would travel up with people from time to time, although I'd go on my own if they they weren't there. Was the season we were in the second division? I Which saw was a great lot of fun. games. There. Great fun because, as I said, we were going to grounds and playing teams that we'd probably never played before, and uh, there was something yeah, about two it, all draw, two all home draws against Mansfield or things like that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. These sort of bizarre, bizarre yeah. games, you know. We only just squeaked it in. 
Yeah, well, we did on the on the final game of the season on yeah. goal difference. Your your third your third top ten Tottenham is one that um, is in most people of your certain age. Uh, I'm of course talking about that Manchester City FA Cup replay and Ricky Veer. Let's listen to Ricky Veer's winning goal now. Villa. And still Ricky Villa. What a fantastic run. He scored. Amazing goal by Ricky Villa. The big man from Argentina went round one, two, three. Joe Corrigan came to block and Villa squeezed it in. As we see it again from behind the goal, just look how many players he twisted and turned past and then got his shot in. What about this one? Did you manage to get a ticket for this one? No, I couldn't get a ticket for the first game. Right. If it hadn't gone to a replay, I wouldn't have been able to go. It was, uh, you know, the, the, I wasn't a season ticket holder and I didn't really know the business of how, how to so Where are you now, 81? Though. What are you doing work-wise? Um, so I'm at this point, I'm the president of the National Union of Students is what Oh, I wow. Am. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, as I am for two cup finals. Wow. Um, what a, what a, what a time two, to be and two cup final replays. Wow, so much going on in politics then and everything. Oh, My there was, God. yeah, no, no, no. Crazy. There, 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 wow, there was a huge, there was a huge amount. And um, no, I was the kind, you know, the president of the NUS when Thatcher became uh, yeah. national secretary. Then, and then I was the first person to be elected president when Thatcher was already in power. And anyway, it was. Did you uh, ever meet? Did you have ever meet to her any any time at this stage? Did you uh, meet any? Meet, did you ever meet Thatcher at this no, stage? No, no, no. I, I, okay. I, I, I never met Thatcher. No, I met some right. education ministers and, right. and, and so on, uh, whose names would mean absolutely precisely nothing to anybody anymore. <laughs> and so, unless they remember Doctor Rhodes Boyson, Rhodes and, Boyson William, yes. and William yes. Waldegrave and that's people right. like that, household yes, names. That's yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do remember. Them. So, um, so yeah. Um, so, who are you watching the game with? Were you watching with anyone? I, just at home? No, I was on my own. I right. got a ticket for my... I mean, most of the matches I went during those periods, I was going on my own. I'd, mm -hmm. I'd pick rock up. Sometimes I'd find somebody to go with, but usually... So I was a solitary... I mean, you, I, I know several season ticket holders around us who go on their own, uh, who don't go with anybody. In fact, it's quite... Uh, uh, you know, uh, and who nevertheless attend every game um yeah. uh, solitary so this is really quite common amongst people and, and it may well be that qu quite a few people actually get their main sense of community actually through going to matches and being with people that they see only at matches and that suits some people really because they may, may not be fantastic social they want to be sociable for a bit and it's then you go... if you've got a partner that doesn't like football or you don't have your kids for example right into it then you go well, I'm going to stop going because I've got news. You still go, don't you? It's like you do. people who go to gigs by themselves and stand there and get a well, it's a, and stand yeah, well, it's there a bit of whatever. A, it's, it's a bit of a drug, really, um, yeah. go, uh, going to football. I mean, it takes an awful lot to put you off going. If you think about what you go through before people actually say, oh, no, I'm going to jack it in. And you can see every now and again it, that somebody says, oh, I'm going to jack it in next season. And you always turn around and say, no, you're not. <laughs> you're just not. And they never do. <laughs> they never do. They're back moaning the next season, you know, just like they did the season before. Yeah. I mean, and there may be one or two people. I mean, uh, what I'm surprised with, given the antiquity now, the people around us, because we've been together at the Lane, we've been to, we were at Wembley, and now we're together at uh, at the new stadium, um, uh, and so on. 
I'm really amazed why none of them have died. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some of them are really old now. I mean, yeah. we've been sitting together. I mean, I've got the, the present set of uh, season tickets, um, uh, the two season tickets, which we'll come on to in a, a, a little bit, in 1998. Mm -hmm. Well, same people around us. It's just all 24 years older. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Imagine that. It's kind of the whole section has aged a quarter of a century right. since they first came together, and some of them are bloody old to begin with. Yeah. I mean, so, anyway. So, so, so go back, to, so go back to Ricky Veer. Go back to Ricky Veer. Sorry. So wh wh where were you again? Did you say you were at the game? or you? So Manchester sorry. City fans couldn't make it down for the replay. The yeah. So there was a section of the ground at one end which was resold to Spurs fans, uh, which had the net effect that when Ricky Villa did sc score, we were showered with coins that were thrown at us by the Manchester City fans above. <laughs> no, you can't. I think I you know, made a couple of quid um, uh, uh, that way, and it was absolutely. I mean, that was an, that whole replay was astonishing. It was just astonishing from beginning to end. It was a fantastic game. Um, the first match I've watched on TV, not so great, um, not bad, but the replay was so dramatic. And for it to be capped like that, um, so I'm, my memory of it is, is that he's down the other end, but that may partially be because all the replays are taken from a pers particular perspective, aren't they? They're all taken from behind Via. Uh, roughly, roughly, kind of behind Veer. There's none from the goal from behind the goal that he scores in. Yeah, I know what you mean. Know. Yeah, no, no, uh, it's just the one camera shot I've only, only ever seen. Exactly. Never, there, there uh, wasn't there wasn't other angles then. There was the one camera set up. Ex that'd be it. Exactly. And you've seen it so often that mm. if if that's not the angle I saw it, the angle I did see it has now been replaced in my memory by the thing I've seen so many other times. Yeah, so I was I sitting. Think I, I was sitting. On, I was sitting that end on the other side. So yeah. Veer got the ball on the other side to me. So from where I was, it was, you couldn't get the kind of ratio and how far it was just, just going. I mean, I remember going pass, pass, <laughs> pass, don't pass, shoot. You know, it was that, he, he was in. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's just him and Corrigan. Because before you're like, what was he doing? Where's he going? In and out. It just uh -huh. kind of didn't make it. It's, I still think the greatest FA Cup goal and also one of the strangest. You, there's never been a goal like that. Sometimes you'll see someone go on a run and go, oh, that was a bit Vier-esque, wasn't it? But yeah. you never see them score the same way. It's no, you don't. You don't. Moment. And, and it's funny because uh, City themselves had scored a fantastic oh, goal by Steve oh, McKenzie. McKenzie. It was yeah. an absolute. It was a brilliant yeah. goal. I mean, in another yeah. game, that would have been fit yeah. to win a game. It was a rocket. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so. And then, of course, there's a, you're totally blissed up because not only have you won, but you've won by a goal that everybody knows is just kind of truly wonderful, and you were there. So then you get very big into the I was there. Is yeah. The only trouble yeah. is that after 40 years, you know, it's kind of... Uh, you've seen it so often and so on anyway but as I was almost reluctant to include it in the moment I thought hold on a second this is ridiculous you know you'll have had this I mean you probably will have had this uh, on other podcasts you certainly will again etc but what the hell no absolutely well let's go to a very quick break and everyone at home we'll be back in one minute it's humid sweaty and sticky summer can be really uncomfortable but we're actually talking about your mattress. Don't worry, though. Nectar's Nectar Tech cooling technology helps you sleep cool on hot summer nights. 
Plus, every mattress includes a one-year trial, forever warranty, and free shipping. With $200 off, prices start at only $399. And get $499 of premium accessories, including pillows, sheets, and a mattress protector this summer. So chill out and visit Nectarsleep.com. And we're back for the break. Don't forget, during the close season, we're bringing you these top 10 top and shows. And also, the, you can go to patreon.com slash Spurs show, where you get a daily news show, all the ingoings and what's going on behind the scenes at Tottenham. Go and check that out, patreon.com slash Spurs show. Uh, next season, we're back with our live monthly shows. Our first one in September. I think we've got Neil Razor Ruddick with us in September. <laughs> if you want to be with us, go to season.spursshow.net. Sign up. I think it's actually a tenner a month gets you and a mate. Talk about going solitary. You and a mate can come to all our monthly events together, meet other Tottenham fans. A lot of us go for a bit of dinner afterwards. Very, very pleasant way to spend an evening. And we've got some new Tottenham Spurs Show merchandise. Go to uh, well, the, the descriptions on the uh, on the on the podcast description the link go and check that out i've got my show david i've got my great bob marley uh sort of pinini oh lovely in that beautiful one Brilliant. beautiful now you can get one of those now that is uh, at the link in the uh, description your next uh your next one is a, a game a, a game that many many fans will remember for much the same reason i'm sure you do 25th of april 1987 the result might mean much tottenham three oxford one but we all know it was Hoddle's, not last game, everyone says it was his last home game, it wasn't, he played Man United, but his last goal for Tottenham Hotspur, and what a goal it was. Let's listen to the great late Brian Moore now. This cross coming in, but Goff again there. Maybe Spurs now. It's four against three now for Tottenham, and Hoddle's going through on his own. Oh, it's in a superb goal by Hoddle. He salutes the crowd, he gets applause from his manager on the bench and from the Tottenham fans as well. A moment of true mastery. Now just look at the way he dummies the keeper. Well, the rest of it you or I could do. Why did this one go in? Out of all the huddle goals you probably saw. Well, there's a couple of reasons for going through, uh, for going to this game. And part of actually, let's, let's put this... Uh, let's put it this way, is for the season that it was, not just for the goal and the player it was. Yeah. Um, this was like the two great seasons of Maurizio Pochettino, the season in which Spurs should have won loads of things and ended up winning nothing. But it was a great, great team, superbly managed by David Pleat uh, and so on. So it was a wonderful, wonderful team from Richard Goff anchoring the uh, anchoring the defence. Um, but it was also Clive Allen's wonder season. And I, I went to almost all the home matches that season. Everything that Clive Allen hit went in. Mm. Paul Allen buzzing up and down, buzzing up and down, kind of getting in there. I love those players. I love that team. I love the Christmas tree formation. Remember the Christmas mm, tree right, formation? Right. I loved yeah. Hoddle in that uh, formation. Mm. We were coming towards the end of the season. Um, we hadn't won anything. Uh, we weren't in the end to win anything. We were still in the cup final. I was at that cup, losing cup final against Coventry. Um, uh, uh, so that was So we ended up winning nothing and being, I think, one of the best two or three teams, the best couple of teams, we should have won something that scene. So 
being a Spurs fan has that kind of bittersweetness. Even when you're the best, you don't necessarily win things. And that's why I really take against this notion that silverware is all important because that mm. team gave me immense pleasure. Anyway, we also knew towards the end of the season that Hoddle was going to go. He'd kind of yeah. said, you know, yes. I want to try and <clears throat> try yeah. something else in the will seem eccentric to people now to learn that in those days that would usually mean france and wouldn't mean paris saint germain uh, god knows well, i think it's good bernard tappy or whoever it was was at marseille somebody else was at monaco but anyway so we come to the uh, oxford game and we kind of know well look there was only ever one angle taken again mm. you know you just wish that you could see this um from a from a different angle mm. What Hoddle does in selling the dummy and then uh, this, none of this happens at speed, by the way, uh, this goal. He's taking the ball, what, before halfway? Yeah, um, the halfway line, yeah. The, yeah. the halfway yeah, line. Right, uh, yeah. And bamboozles everybody just by sight of foot, not yeah, by... Yeah, touch the ball at this stage, I don't think. He's yeah, it's, dummies, it's, so they it, both it, fall it, over. Just dummies, yeah. And it's, it's just the most <laughs> glorious thing to see. And it... Uh, uh, so it was just a wonderful but also incredibly bittersweet moment. The whole thing yeah. was a bittersweet moment in a really bittersweet season. Yeah, the and kiss bittersweet... the fans after he scored. He, we all know where oh. he's going. What, what a, what a, yeah, what a because... side off. I mean, really. it, it was, and I was—I uh, used to stand in those days, um, or more or less. I used to get there early and stand on the halfway mark on the east, uh, 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 on the east stand, not on the shelf, but on the east stand. Um, so we've got a really, and that was the best view you could possibly get of that goal. Uh, so it was also a wonderful, uh, a wonderful way to see it. And he'd been such a, such a hero, and also such, such a wonderful thing to see during the bad time. Because you know we'd had we'd had some really rough times, and that was a, a anyway. Bittersweet is a fan thing, and that was a bittersweet moment. Yeah, absolutely. We then jump uh, twelve years uh, to the nineteen ninety nine League Cup final. Uh, not the best of games, really, but uh, Alan <laughs> Nilsson seconds to go uh, pops up. Let's remind ourselves of Alan Nilsson's winning goal now. So why did this one go in? You, there's a bit of a jump now. Where are you now work-wise? Where, where were you in the 90s? What were you What were you doing? So by 1999, I'm with The Independent. I've spent, right. uh, I've worked for um, a London Weekend Television and then I right. worked for a bit for the BBC. I got admired in a managerial job at the BBC, which nearly drove me nuts, was rescued to go to um, uh, The Independent and that started my newspaper career. Um, uh, and... But the other important thing, and this is the, the background, is that in that same period, I 
we start a family. Okay. Now, in 1994, I could easily have gone for this, Jürgen Klinsmann is bought. And the day after Jürgen Klinsmann was bought by Alan Sugar on his yacht in Monaco Harbour, I went and bought my first season ticket. Wow. One lovely. season ticket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was in the high up in the, uh, in the, east, uh, in the east end, uh, and so, where I found myself sitting next to the father of a friend of my first, of my oldest daughter, who was then very little. Uh, and so on because she was born so she was about four at that stage well when it came time to think in uh, about 1998 really I've been going for four years I by then I had now two children and we were contemplating whether we wouldn't have a third here's what I thought to myself slyly I thought I am now a family man with significant responsibilities I'm not really going to get away with this unless one of the kids gets interested in football. Absolutely. So yeah. what if I buy a second season ticket <laughs> and say it's for what is for the daughters to come in turn? So in 1998, that's what I did. I bought two Quite seasons right. tickets. My middle daughter came along to one match, and I remember mm. it was an a incredibly dramatic uh, draw, uh, multi-goal draw. Um, and I looked down, she was reading the book, um, I thought it's not for you, but my oldest daughter Rosa, who you love so met, many times, yeah, yeah who you who you met and has been on the program, mm. she took to it from the absolute beginning. She loved it. She loved everything about it. She was very um, uh, a good child in the sense that she wasn't kind of dramatic or theatrical, etc. But take her to a football match, and she would raised the roof, mm. calling right. on for, for, for Spurs. So she loved it mm. right from the first, from, from the get-go. I've chosen this game because it was her first final. Oh, event. lovely. Yes. Um, yeah. And you will remember, <laughs> this always makes me laugh, you will remember that in that game, Robbie Savage got Justin Edinburgh oh, sent off. Sent off. Absolutely. I never liked him see it. I never liked him before, I, but that was it. I know he's gone on to a very <laughs> successful media career. Yeah. I can't stand the man. I saw him once in a private members club in the West, and I was a bit like, what's he doing in here? Still these years <laughs> well, on, I still had an affront with it. Well, Rosa just turned nine at the time of this final, and she would have agreed with you until she's never forgiven Robbie Savage, yeah, for, this, for, Robbie Savage yeah. for this. But anyway... It was then I hear my demure nine-year-old daughter join in with the shout of the referees, a W. (laughs) (laughs) At the top of her voice, etc. But then Alan Nielsen scores, as you remember, right just before uh, uh, full time. Uh, full yeah. time, four yeah. penalties. I think. Yeah, was, was it four penalties? Yeah. So we, oh, was yeah. it? I can't remember now. It was yeah. either full time, it was either extra yeah, time but, or penalties. Anyway, we know it's we know it's going to be almost certainly going to kind of be the clincher, mm. and then the uh, and then as the whistle goes, everybody starts saying we only had ten men. Rosa loved seeing so uh, seeing we only had ten men. So this match is important to me not just from a footballing point of view, but also from a paternal familial point of view. Yeah. Um, and we've been going two matches ever since. 
Now she's a mother herself uh, uh, to Alma, who's downstairs and might make a racket a little bit later on. Uh, so so in a few she, years, she'll still... be buying. In a few years, she'll be buying the third season ticket for that, her in order to go. That's, what, that's that's definitely what we wonder. But but, but Rosa's already made her first couple of matches back um, yeah. in that uh, rather wonderful run in that we had to get fourth yeah. place at the end of this season and so on. So this is so this match. That cup final is about family. Yeah, that's why I chose absolutely it. Right, very very nice. Well, the next one is funny enough. This one hasn't come up yet on top ten Tottenham, but it was an extraordinary game of football, utterly bizarre game. First <laughs> of October two thousand and seven, it was the one hundred twenty fifth anniversary match uh, at the Lane, Tottenham Hotspur versus Aston Villa. We found ourselves four one down and came back to four all. Let's remind ourselves of that game now. Huddleston will whip the corner in, a flatter on Berbatov with a header, and Dimitar Berbatov gives Spurs the lead. Gareth Barry will look to whip this ball into the walls of the near post again. The height of night is waiting, but it's overhit, and it's spilled by Paul Robinson, and in the end, it's put into the net, and Aston Villarov scored the equaliser. And it's a nice dummy here. It's been played short to Gareth Barry. And Barry crosses. Aston Villa have scored. Larson, well, he only scored once before tonight. And he's got two for Aston Villa. And Von Lahore against Dawson here. Edge of the Tottenham penalty area. And Von Lahore and Aston Villa have gone 3-1 up at White Hart Lane. Every Spurs player, apart from Jermaine Defoe, is back defending inside the penalty area. It's Gardner who strikes it low, and Aston Villa have scored again. They lead by four goals to one. Tottenham need a miraculous recovery here. Bale. Bale gets across in low. Oh, it's a good shot off the post by Jermaine Defoe, and it's in the net. Would there be a really sensational recovery here by Tottenham Hotspur? Up goes Dawson, up goes Kabul. And the ball goes out onto the far side towards... Oh, it's a penalty! It's a penalty against Harewood! And Keane steps up and checks, and he slides it in! Robbie Keane penalty! The call on back to Spurs! It's 4-3 at White Hart Lane! Get for Tottenham on their anniversary night. And Kabul again and again. And up go the Villa defenders. Oh, Malcrock shoots. It's hit the foe. And it's in. It's a goal. Amazing scenes at White Hart Lane. Younes Kabul. It ricocheted around that penalty area for an eternity. And I've never seen celebrations like this. So why did this one go in? This was one that I kind of had forgotten about and watched it back. And what a crazy game of football this was. We talk, we use this word all the time, Spursy. Mm. Okay. And we think we know what we mean by it. I would say to you, Mike, this is the ultimate Spursy game. The ultimate Spursy game. Um 125th anniversary. We kind of, we rather like Martignol. We're hoping for yes. great things. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just got back into the Europe, uh, in, in, into European competition uh, and so on. We've had the disaster of Lasagna Gate, but, but we, but, you know, then we miss out in an away match to, to, to Middlesbrough uh, and so on. So we're, we're knocking on the door a bit. We know things are kind of gradually getting better. But we're not quite there yet. So we go into this game. Rosa loved Martignol. 
because she loves singing Martin Yo, Martin Yo, he's got no hair and we don't care. Martin, Martin Yo, which yeah. is one of the <laughs> I'm not very good with chants. I can't, my ear doesn't pick them up, but I picked that <laughs> one up and so I kind of rather like that. I, I couldn't go to the game. I was mm. um, uh, journalisting at the um, Conservative Party conference right. in oh. Blackpool. But me and a friend, Spurs sporting other journalist called Steve Richards, uh, mm-hmm. who yes, used to work for the Independent. With his son, yeah. Him and Jake have been Yeah, with Jake. Yeah. With yeah. Jake, yeah. Um, uh, we got to watch that game in a bar in Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing probably interested in a Blackpool oh, bar. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, and as you can imagine, up there, most of the people want the Londoners to lose uh, and so on. Oh, my God, were we obliging? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was just ridiculous. They had two free kicks at score, didn't they, I, I, yeah. I think, as we went kind of 4-1 down. And then we pull it back to to, to, to 4 all In a match, we should have been winning 3-0. You know, we can yeah. expect it to kind of win. So there we come. We come out of that of that bar in a state of complete kind of... <laughs> You know, football emotional bewilderment. Should we feel pleased? Should we feel cross? Should we feel, you know, what should we feel about this ridiculous, ridiculous game? Why are we yeah. shipping four goals to, at home to Aston Villa, for God's oh, no. sake? Oh, no. uh, and so on. So I, so I picked that for the kind of, for its ultimate Spurs, the sheer ultimate Spurs. And also for the idea of a team in early transition, because... Actually, what's happening, as we know, is we're beginning the long pull out of yes. the dreadful days of the end of the yeah, 90s. He started early. it. Yo started the whole where we are now, I think, all started with, with Martin Yo. What was also interesting watching this game back was Eunice Gabor got the winner, who obviously, in other top 10 Tottenham's, is listed for the extraordinary uh, 3-2 win at Highbury on the Emirates yeah. when he scored. We've had people mentioning the, the Man City game when Crouch scored with Goddess into the Champions League first time Kabul was up there crossed the ball in so for a sort of player that left Tottenham I think came back and everything uh he certainly had some really really important moments your next pick I'm delighted you put this one in uh because this was uh the kind of when we all realized what extraordinary player we had playing up front for us I'm talking about January the 1st 2015 extraordinary game of football again it finished Tottenham 5 Chelsea 3 and uh, Harry Kane uh, hat-trick let's listen to four of our goals now <laughs> lovely balance Kane easing away from Oscar Harry Kane oh, oh what a goal what of their own a Harry Kane he likes the shot. Tottenham won, Chelsea won. It's Nasser Chadley. It's hit the post. Rose, 2-1. Tottenham lead Chelsea. And that doesn't happen very often. A tremendous break. Brilliant following up by Rose. Ericsson, nice touch, Ivanovic, oh, gave it away, Kane's got over, it's a penalty to Tottenham. First trailed here, Spurs lead 3-1, and 
Chelsea are rocking down the lane. Chadley. Five. Now it's Tottenham, surely. What are your memories of this one? This was a, a bizarre game of football. And obviously Chelsea, a team that we've in recent years never done particularly well against. This one yeah. was extraordinary, wasn't it? I, I, I wasn't well. at I wasn't at Chelsea um uh for this. So I was watching this on uh, on the telly. Um at that stage, I, I can't remember just how bad our away form to Chelsea had been, but it was absolutely terrible and, and, and you know how fans believe in voodoo team uh, hope uh, uh, what is hex teams i don't i mean i think that's all nonsense really because i don't see why what happened 30 years ago would play at all upon the mind of a footballer you know who who wasn't born at the time so i, I don't kind of get this but what had been true was ever since um uh, a big cash injection had gone in the kind of just Matthew Harding days before even Abramovich came is that Chelsea had had loads of money and had gone way above us. And so when we were absolutely in the doldrums, 2002, three, four, uh, Chelsea was all of a sudden, you know, the wealthiest team. And so on. we hadn't won there for a very long time. Um, the other thing is obviously you're always looking for that magic striker. Um, they are incredibly few and far between, hence what's happening with Lewandowski at the moment uh, uh, and so on. Is they're very, very rare. Um, you pay big money for strike. I mean, look at the Lukaku situation with regard to Chelsea. Uh, now yeah. it just kind of gives you a clue. So if you can find a special striker, that is gold. If you can find a special striker from amongst your own uh, uh, youth squad and so on, that you train up yourself, that is amazing. There wasn't all that much in the early days of uh, Harry Kane going to Norwich and Millwall, et cetera, that necessarily suggested to you that this is what it would be. Then there were signs of, of, of promise. Uh, and then there were signs of, no, he could be quite good. That game, Chelsea, is not just the goals. Look at Kane in everything he does. Why it is some people underestimate? I mean, England fans drive me nuts about Harry Kane. I mean, they're so bloody stupid about it. It kind of any Spurs fan knows exactly what it is from for years now. His contributions to games is ast is astonishing. You never want to lose him. People say, "Oh, well, you should cash in now." No, you shouldn't cash in now. No, no, no you should just give him what he wants. He's been, he is a wonderful, wonderful player. Come from nothing. In he's kind of Kevin Keegan plus because Kevin Keegan. Um, wasn't necessarily the fastest player, but he absolutely used his 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 intelligence um, to make things work for him. Well, Harry Kane's a better player than Kevin Keegan was, uh, uh, and so on. Anyway, that's the match at which you really see it for the first time. This is a guy, he's a destroyer of teams. This guy, and a maker of dreams, uh, Harry Kane. He is... Probably after Hoddle now, the best player that we have had. And I, he may even be, over a period of time, the best player that we have had at the lane since the, since the, since the glory, glory days. Well, next season, I mean, there's a very good chance that if he does really well, next season could be the season where he becomes England and Tottenham's greatest ever goal scorer. It's going to be uh, yeah. uh, another kind of side not, plot to next season. 
But in that match also, he's not just scoring goals. It mm. comes right from the beginning. You look back, I mean, I don't know if you go down the YouTube rabbit hole, etc. it sends you up all these Spurs men. You go back four or five years, he's making goals then. This isn't some kind of new thing that he added to his game two years ago. He's always been able to do it. He is... Oh, well, I mean, you know, you're not going to say, he is a marvellous, marvellous player, fantastic role model. Um, and um, I'm so glad, even if it was a bruising business, that we managed to keep him. I thought that at the time, just keep him there and try and change the situation for him so that he's happy again, because you won't, we won't see somebody like him again for a long time. Absolutely right. You've now got some lovely picks, some lovely European picks. This was, you talk about... Harry Kane really kind of arriving on the world stage in that last game against Chelsea, a massive club, taking his go so well. This is up there as well. And I mean, there's other European games you could have picked, but this is a beauty. And again, one that's kind of forgotten because of Amsterdam and Man City and the Inter Milan, Gareth Bell. We forget this one. November the 1st, 2017 at Wembley. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Real Madrid 1. Let's listen to Deli Alli's two goals now. Winks, looking for Trippier, who's in behind them again. There's another good ball, and there's the goal! It's Deli Alli for Tottenham Hotspur! He's offside, makes himself back onside, and his desire is to get on the end of this. Certainly not missing that one. 1-0 one Tottenham. Now what can Tottenham do here? Deli Alli away from Casemiro, and still... And the deflection, oh, he's done it again! The deflection helps, there's no doubt about that. The Deli Alley is the talk of the town for Tottenham Hotspur. What did this one go in? This was, this was quite a night, wasn't it? OK, Real Madrid are the greatest European team. You what you dream? I mean, we we saw we saw Lionel Messi take us apart at Wembley um, for Barcelona, and frankly, you hardly even complained about it because you saw Lionel Messi play. What does a fan want in addition to their team winning? They want to see the greatest players. They want to they want to see what they can do, the extraordinary things they can do, and so on. They want to play against the greatest teams. The players want to play against the greatest team. There is no greater team than Real Madrid. When Real Madrid come to you in the modern era, you would expect, being a team like we've been, to lose. That's yeah. what you're going to do. You're going to lose. But it's going to be good because you saw Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. If Real Madrid come to you and you annihilate them because you are better and you are, and your players play better, uh, and it wasn't just th that team at that moment is one of my favourite, probably my favourite Spurs team of my life so far. I love the manager. I love the players from Vertonghen to Larice. I love Deli Ali. We love Deli Ali. What was happened since is tragic. But at that stage, he was absolutely wonderful. Christian Eriksen, um, at, you know, doing the kind of things that he does best. Harry, we've already talked about and so on, and the others. Um, so to get Real Madrid there and to do them like that, it, I was in heaven. I just thought this is everything I've wanted for so, so long. I mean, at Lasagna Gate, we, we, we were just trying to get into qualify, for God's sake, in, in 2005, was it? Um, and here we are beating Real Madrid. I just thought I've, I've, I've gone to heaven. I've gone to footballing heaven. This is it. 
you know, I couldn't make it to the uh, European uh, final in, in in Madrid. Rosa uh, went with her now husband uh, and so on and saw uh, Sadio Mane deliberately hit that ball onto Musa Sissoko's hand in the kind of eighth second or whatever it, it was. So we're not going to get that one. And, I, and, and Ajax, everybody will pick. Um, yeah. But I'm going to pick this as the kind of high moment of that particular team, which was a great, great team. We still have large elements of it around. We can we hope we can recreate it. And I loved everything about it. And I went home on cloud nine. Absolutely right. We all did. Your next one again. You talked about Real Madrid. Who's the other great Spanish team? Obviously Barcelona. And this was the, the this was the season of. Uh, getting to the Champions League final, we kind of again have kind of forgotten moment because of the Man City game, Ajax, and all that. We had to go to the new camp and get a draw, hoping that uh, Inter Milan, I think it was, uh, slipped up. It was, which they which they did. December the eighteenth, twenty eighteen, Spurs at the new camp and Lucas Moura. Again, we were about to down, but who knew what this? We knew then, Lucas Moura did this. Picked up by Ericsson. Picked a good ball. Here's Lamella. Kane. It's Harry Kane here. And there's the goal they were looking for. Tottenham Hotspur. Lucas Moura has delivered. He might, he just might have saved Tottenham's Champions League life. Brilliant from Kane. Brilliant from Moura. And as it stands, Spurs are going through. Why is this one there? This is was an extraordinary match as well. Well, this was my first away match in Europe. Oh, lovely! Okay, Very nice. what, a, what a lovely this one to my, go to. Exactly, this was my first time. Rosa and I went down to Barcelona, got tickets lovely. for the well, Barcelona. And by the way, what a bad time Barcelona gave Spurs fans at that match. The authorities and the places they put us and the way they treated us. Incidentally, I have to say, I loved the Barcelona uh, 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 away European. Spanish fans when they come to the new stadium and I think how well we treat people compared with how how badly some of these so-called great clubs but anyway let's not let's draw a kind of a, that was that that, that 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 was kind of the only negative side to it but anyway um we are probably going out of the Champions League at this point at an early stage we've had a bad couple of results not in, not been particularly good we don't think we're yeah we've managed to beat uh, Inter uh, Milan 1-0 I think it was um, but on the whole we think we're likely to kind of go out but we're going to go and give it a go now the reason why I've chosen this game is first away match we're up there in the Barker gods with a bloody great plastic sheeting stuck in front of us just in case we do something to the kind of you know the Barcelona Barcelona people below us etc um two things about that game firstly we give up a goal very very quickly poor old um uh, uh, uh what's his face our little right back who could place for Southampton now what Walker uh, Peters Car Walker Peters. Yeah, poor old Car Walker Peters <coughs> yes, is you know, left yeah. for dead by Dembe that's by right. Dembele. Um mm -hmm. uh, and you think, well, that's it. You know, you got well, I think it's the fourth minute or something Not like very that. Early on. But we yeah. gradually kind of pull ourselves kind of back into it. Well, we then get the equalizer. But that is they just the hit moment. the post. They hit the post just before we got the equalizer as well. And they hit the post, well, yeah. You think, yeah. oh God. <laughs> But we kind of survive. Then we get the equaliser. That's a kind of great moment. It means things are kind of possible, but they're still unlikely. But we're up there, 
And it's at that point, right, and it's right in the dying moments that the news is coming back about what Inter Milan, and it, it's, 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 it happens because we beat them. Uh, yes. Not because yes. uh, that's the reason we, yes. we we go through at this stage. So not everybody's totally clear about it, mm. and all of a sudden, among the people amongst us and so on, the realization comes. You can hear it in the you can hear it from the listening to the crowd uh, uh, noises from that kind of match that actually we are going to go through. So from four minutes in and you're out. But okay, at least you've gone to the nail camp, etc. Even if they've treated you like shit, etc. You come out of the game into the Barcelona evening, having qualified for the next stages when you really, really didn't expect to. Oh, another kind of, it's a moment of bliss. It's a moment, uh, a moment of bliss. We walked down, you know, couldn't buy a taxi. We were all the way back into the centre of uh, uh, Barcelona where the hotel was on, you know, absolutely joyous Rosa and I it was it was kind of you know we'd had a really good weekend anyway but up the Gaudi Cathedral and so on uh, and doing all the things you do in Barcelona but uh and it was and you know it was December but it was in very the weather was nice and so on it was just now it was just wonderful you can't beat Tottenham trips away European games away they are you know for those of you listening that managed to do it to go out to certain games and once maybe for some of you haven't if you ever get the opportunity even this game was like a at one stage, a nothing game, we're not going to win. Oh, who's going to go away yeah. there and see us lose? You never know at Tottenham. And even when you do lose, you do have incredible experiences and memories. Oh, I'd love of, to go. I'd love to go to, yeah. say, Bayern or, I mean, in fact, I'd love to go to some more uh, away European matches and hopefully I will. Yeah, absolutely. Well, next season, back in the Champions League and I think the draw yeah. is yeah. this week, I think. Uh, I think the draw is, is it? This week. I think it is this week as we record it. See who we end up with. And now, David, your final pick. And again... One that uh, no one has, has picked for the top 10 Tottenham, which is quite surprising. It's uh, 2019, the new stadium, the first game at the new stadium. We beat Crystal Palace 2-0. Here is the first goal ever scored in our new stadium by the first team. Homin Son, here it is. Eriksen, one back off Milivojevic. Son, good opportunity here. Hyunmin Son into the area. Surely into the net, Kim Min Son write his name into Spurs history, their first scorer at the new stadium, and it's Tottenham Hotspur 1, Crystal Palace 0. In the 55th minute, from number 7, Kim Min Son. He has scored some massive goals for Tottenham Hotspur, but the first at this footballing theatre will surely be one of them. Eriksen did well to pick the pocket of Milivojevic and then Son just waited for the opportunity. It guides into the corner. Kwaita could not get down to it. Why did this one go in? Out of all the games you could have included, why has this one gone in? Okay, it was a toss-up between this and the last match at the lane. Right. Last match okay. at the lane was a wonderful, wonderful day. Um, absolutely loved it. I even love the fact that the, t- that the, 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 the club had told everybody not to go on the pitch, but had planned for the fact that lots of lovers of them would. So I thought that was kind of that was kind of enlightening. It's like like when your kid tells you that they're gonna get a tattoo. The answer is not to say no, 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 don't do it. The answer is to say, yeah, okay, as long as it's not a swastika. Yeah. You know, it's kind, of, it's kind of like so the club were kind of quite canny. So that was a possibility. But 
one of the things that irks me slightly sometimes about fellow fans is not understanding just what an achievement that stadium is. You know, that every sightline in that stadium is absolutely brilliant. The atmosphere in that stadium when it's cooking is absolutely extraordinary. Everything has been got right about that stadium other than them not building a tube station to it. Um, it's it's just incredible. And it was incredible to be there for that first match to probably to, to properly test it. Um, so that's good enough reason anyway. And when you build a stadium, when you build the probably the best stadium in the world and it's yours, you should take some kind of recognition of the uh, big recognition of the achievement, not just say kind of keep it for that week, but kind of keep it in your mind for some time. All no other football fans get to go to home matches in an atmosphere and in a place as good as that. Just bear that in mind. Just keep that in mind. The second reason, which is a secondary reason now, um, is because Sonny scored that first goal. If it wasn't for Harry Kane, people would understand just what a great player Hung Min Son is. Uh, the fact he wasn't in the PFA team tells you something about the the PFA. His attitude towards playing football, his attitude as a team player, his attitude towards the fans, his attitude towards life in general, as far as you can judge it from the bit, is just everything you want from a top, uh, a top-ranked footballer. He is, as I said, if Harry wasn't there, you'd be. Everyone would be saying, you know, he's our kind of player for the last few seasons and so on. He's just a. And you can see the effect he has on the team around him and so on. So, the stadium and Sonny in the season that Sonny shared the golden boot, I think is an appropriate choice. Quite right. Lovely. David, thank you so much for your time and your top 10 Tottenham. It's been lovely. Uh, hopefully you can come back on the Spurs show next season. Uh, we're going to be recording Mondays. I think because Tuesdays were difficult for you. I think we're going, to, we're going to go into Mondays for next season. That, that's, so That's going to be better. And also, I much prefer coming on the programme when we're winning things. Yes, exactly. Because I tend towards optimistic predictions rather than pessimistic predictions. Yeah. And, you know, it's the Quite only right. sphere of things where people can get a prediction. I won't make political predictions, but I get gulled by you into making the footballing <laughs> predictions. And guess what? They're usually wrong. Exactly. Well, now you've told me that as a kid, you had your little book and all your little stats and all that. Even yeah. more reason you should get your, your your predictions right. You've got all that wealth <laughs> of knowledge and who did what and who passed to who. That's great. Well, we'll definitely get you on next season. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much to everyone at home. We'll be back again very, very soon with another Top 10 Tottenham. Until then, hey Spurs! If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Want your most burning finance and investing questions answered? Here's a podcast you should be listening to, courtesy of ACAST Recommends. GM, I'm Dan Roberts. And I'm Jeff Roberts. And this is GM, GM from, from Decrypt. This podcast is a conversation. One each episode with the biggest names in crypto. And you're definitely going to want to hear what they have to say. But Jeff, what are we going to ask them about? Well, Dan, I thought we could start with NFTs. Oh, yeah, NFTs. I heard NFTs are DOA. Or maybe they're just MIA. Oh, yeah. And what about the battle between BTC and ETH? <laughs> well, 
was that too many acronyms for one trailer? Don't worry. We'll talk through all this and more on our new show, GM from Decrypt. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now so you don't miss a single one. GM. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.